I don't know what I'm doing. Listeners, thanks so much for joining us. This is Radioactive Spider Pod, the podcast that looks back on the 90s Spider Man cartoon and asks, How many superhero names are going to be hilarious in the future? Here to bring you episode 56, Secrets of the Six, I'm your host, the mysterious Kevin McAvoy. Ooh. You're all smoking mirrors. I know, and it's almost Halloween, so it's kind of nice. Uh, and joining me, as always, my fellow double O agents, the titillating Vero Taylor. Yeah, I'd say I'm quite. Tit elating. <laughs> you said it, not us. And the puzzling Peter Iskandar. What? Huh? Who? <laughs> Who took my cold teeth? Uh, good stuff. Just a reminder, we'll be posting screenshots from this episode as well as other good stuff on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Give us a follow if you'd be so kind. All the links are on our website at RadioactiveSpiderPod.com. We're also on Patreon with exclusive bonus episodes, outtakes, and oddities. That's Patreon.com slash RadioactiveSpiderPod if you want to support the show. It is once again time to raise our glasses, and in honor of this episode in Season 5, we're taking a trip down memory lane, where we're flashing back to the 1940s with some wartime cocktails. What's jittering your bugs today, boys? I have myself a uh, Ward 8 cocktail, whiskey, lemon juice, orange juice, and grenadine. Uh, It is uh, surprisingly delicious. As for me, I have a Woodhouse IPA beer. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Mixed with ginger ale. Which makes it actually a cocktail, you bastards. <laughs> it's a shandy. <laughs> oh, it is a shandy. Yeah, it's how you had to cut beer because, you know, you had rations. There was a war on. Yeah, all of those war chemicals were <laughs> scary. Yeah, were, they were in short supply. Uh, I myself have a suffering bastard, uh, which is a drink that was pioneered in Egypt during uh, 1942, specifically World War II. Uh, it's gin, rum, lime, bitters... And ginger beer. Not bad. Well, it sounds like all of our duddies are sufficiently fuddled, so let's keep things firmly undercover and hype a hidden hexagon because we've got special clearance for Six Forgotten Warriors Chapter 3 Secrets of the Six. Secrets of the Six first aired October 3rd of 1997 and was written by John Semper, the Semper Senpai. It's an original story, but that still means it's time for an undisclosed edition of Peter's Comic Book Minute. Peter's Comic Book Minute. So this edition of Peter's Comic Book Minute is a character rundown of Captain America. Peter's Character Rundown. One small step for man. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. Didn't expect that reaction, but that's okay. Captain America's first appearance was in Captain America Comics number one in March of 1941. He was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. 
His abilities are enhanced strength, speed, stamina, durability, agility, reflexes, senses, and mental processing via the Super Soldier Serum. A master martial artist and hand-to-hand combatant, accelerated healing factor, immunity to diseases and toxins, slowed aging, master tactician, strategist, and field commander, and he wields a vibranium steel alloy shield. If you're interested in more readings about Captain America, there are fucking millions. You can read the Civil War storyline where Captain America goes against Tony Stark. You can read the Death of Captain America storyline. You can go and read the stuff where the Winter Soldier was introduced in um, Captain America number one, January 2005. There's literally thousands of different stories. Just Google it. (laughs) Enhanced senses, eh? Yeah, apparently. He's the pinnacle of a human being, except... Slightly worse than uh, Black Cat, of course, right? But um, got him. Well, our episode begins with Spider-Man having just learned about the six forgotten warriors from Robbie's friend, Dr. Omar Mosley, in a flashback sequence. Mosley is in possession of Captain America's shield, and he begins to recount the story of how Cap was created using the super soldier serum during World War II. While the process was a success, German sabotage caused the facility to explode, killing the creator of the serum. Robbie's outside of Dr. Mosley's apartment, checking his watch, and he's like, God damn it, Peter, Dr. Mosley goes to bed at exactly 7 p.m. It is 6.55. There was a senior special at the Sizzler. He's going to be right passed out. Do not be late. Man, it's been a while since we talked about the Sizzler. I had to drop the Sizzler for you, Peter. Well, the Sizzler dropped the Sizzler. R.I.P. Sizzler. Yeah, R.I.P. So mostly barely gets this live young man in his door before he's whipping out his shield here. Mr. Robertson says you have a story I should hear. Yes, I've kept this all these years. Is that the titular shield from the organization Shield? (laughs) No, stop interrupting me. I thought when he went and said, I've kept these for all these years, that he was just going to bring out like this pile of beanie babies. Like they're vintage. They're going to be worth (laughs) millions. You'll see. I'm pretty sure they were like new at the time. Oh, it's 1997. It's all the Barbies. There you go. It's all there these it vintage Barbies. It just launches into this story here. The story of the six American warriors began in 1942. We were all doing the Lindy Hop down to get a chocolate malted. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I should mention that Omar Mosley is played here by Paul Winfield. Uh, and he is known for playing uh, Terrell in Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, uh, Traxler in Terminator, and was also nominated for an Oscar for his role in the film Sounder. And uh, of course, most importantly, he played the Don King knockoff Lucius Sweet on uh, an episode or two of The Simpsons. Well, the fans are weary of fights that are over before they have an opportunity to even get drunk. So we flash back to a big old lime green hot tub and a bunch of men watching a little boy get in. Why'd you phrase it like that? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to phrase it. Yeah. To be fair, uh, I mean, he looks super young, which like if he was a wartime conscripted kid, he would have been. But he looks like he's 12. I mean, that's the point. He's a little wiener. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you notice that the the scientist's name was Reinstein? Dr. Reinstein. Yeah. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? So I checked it out, and originally the doctor was called Yusuf Reinstein. Yeah, retroactively changed to a code name for the scientist Abraham Erskine. Hmm. 
That's interesting. Yeah. So he is German, though, right? Because yeah, I think so. He loses his accent midway through his sentence here when he's talking about it. Like he's so full of American spirit yeah. that it cures him of his devil foreigner tongue. <laughs> Rogers is merely the first of a new breed of super soldiers. Gentlemen, meet the new champion of the Allied forces, Captain America. The men are just so proud of themselves staring at this specimen they're just patting each other on the back and oh yes so yes so good job but they don't see the spy in the name of the fatherland i will destroy this american war machine you use pipe it's super effective like, <laughs> like you spent all this time like trying to infiltrate this government organization successfully and then you're like I guess I'll just hit it with a pipe. I don't know. Like, you didn't bring a bomb or anything? Yeah, because it's very clear that he did it. You're more useful if you escape. Or maybe the idea was make it so obvious Captain America rescues you and leaves the more important guy behind to die. Well, uh, Professor Mosley continues his tale here and explains that they tried to recreate the serum, but failed. The process nearly killed the five volunteers, and they were all affected differently, gaining super speed flight, sonic screams, and then two crappy versions of Captain America. The powers were also wonky, so they made rings to ration them and then set about choosing hilarious names before coming together with Cap to form the Six American Warriors. Watching them fail at recreating the formula is like, wow, Hardesky really fucked up. I guess, I mean... And they didn't know he was even there in the corner. I guess he didn't know that that was the only copy. No, he does. Hmm. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. Mosley is like really laying it on thick here, talking about how there's only one copy of the serum. The only known copy of it had been in that lab. Which is why it's so important to back up your data to the cloud. Which is why my listeners can get 10% off a yearly Google Drive subscription with my offer code MOSDOG. That's 10% off with MOSDOG. <laughs> Peter just goes to his phone, starts trying to skip ahead. Like, oh god, the ads. That's a podcast joke, Peter. You wouldn't know that, though. What's a podcast? <laughs> so they talk about not being able to recreate it on account of the chemical shortages because it was a war. Wartime <laughs> chemical shortage. Oh, it'll get you. Maybe if you didn't need an entire hot tub for one person. Yeah. I mean, they switched to the cylinder. But that's because of the shortages. It's to ration that Mountain Dew Baja blast. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is that they're floating in. But you have to think about it. It took an entire fucking hot tub, like you said, Kevin, but Captain America absorbed all of that liquid. <laughs> no, didn't. They drained it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you sure? Unless he's drinking with his feet. How do you think he got bigger? Because he did the do. That's not the law of conservation of uh, mass. Right? I don't think it is, but he's just full up of gamer fuel. He can't take much more. <laughs> he goes to the washroom and just pisses it all out. And then he shrinks oh, yeah. back down. And he's his, like, <laughs> his piss is nuclear green for the rest of his life. For sure. Well, they never show you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of journalism that they should have been doing. They look um, like a discount bobsled team in those cylinders in their weird yeah, onesies. Do. John Candy's in there trying to motivate them. Like beanie caps. Ugh. I like how they say that this process is too dangerous to ever be used again. Like as if they actually care about soldiers' lives. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The process was obviously too dangerous to ever be used again. Objectively, there are millions dying overseas. So like what's five more like in the pursuit of winning the war? But... 
you know, <laughs> like I feel like they were just like, yeah, we obviously it was too dangerous to ever use on our soldiers. We immediately switched to dosing random vagrants. Like that's just <laughs> what you did in those days. College students. Yeah. Whoever would be, you know, willing to come in for $10 and then you hit him in the back of the neck with a sock full of nickel. Uh, someone um, accidentally voided when they were in the tube and that's why it was too dangerous because it was too much of a pain in the ass to clean. And they were like, never yeah. again, never again. <laughs> we got that guy out there with a the full hazmat suit, like pushing around a turd on the big like, <laughs> scrubber. So it's been a kind of like a running thing throughout all the comics and stuff that so many people are trying to simulate the super soldier serum and failing and Captain America was the only one that got it right and all that stuff. Yeah. What do you, what do you figure the secret ingredient was? Love? Aww. <laughs> I don't know who's been screwing with this thing, <laughs> but I'm assuming it's the 13th herb or spice, probably. I mean, he was a colonel. He's clearly involved in this somehow. <laughs> Kevin, are you just hungry After again? his accidental death, they couldn't ever figure out what spice he was referring to. His dying, his dying motion was to point to the spice rack, but it was very unclear if it was cinnamon, cumin, He was pointing to the spice salt. rack, but that's just where he kept his medication. He's just dying. He's like, there. he's trying to tell us something. The secret spices. He's like, mmm, nitroglycerin. <laughs> he's foaming at the mouth. Like, oh. What a great man. <laughs> oh, man. And then it switches over to them, like, showcasing their powers. And that's pretty cool. So they're going through all the different heroes here. And they go through this guy that has super speed. So I'm like, okay, it's the Flash. Great. Mm -hmm. And then one of them can fly. Like, the only female can, like, fly. I'm like, <laughs> I guess this is Supergirl. Whatever. Great. She can't fly. She can control her mass. The other gained the ability to control her mass. She could will herself to become lighter than air. Wouldn't that just make her, like, blow away in any kind of a stiff breeze? Yeah. She shouldn't, she shouldn't be able to control it. Yeah. <laughs> I looked it up. Apparently, she also had super strength in that. And originally, she had x-ray vision. And then she lost it and needed prescription glasses for the rest of her life. Oh, no. <laughs> A superhero with glasses. <laughs> Aww. And she has the big 50s ones, like the big oh, the Coke bottle ones. Yeah, the ones you see on all those alternative girls these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this other person they have. Another was able to create sonic shockwaves with his vocal cords. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so bad. <laughs> Our Dean yell. It's like, I assume that's Banshee. Like, kind of. You can't fly, though. But then the uh, then the other two, they're just like, and the other two were normal. The final two came closest to duplicating Captain America's powers. Uh, sorry, I'd rather have super speed than score a perfect 10 on the rings. <laughs> Which is what they're doing. I don't, I don't know, know why it's physical tests are track and field related. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then there's a random brick wall for Screechy to blow up. <laughs> yeah. And like the one guy's crushing the uneven bars and and then the other ones doing the iron cross, which like everyone knows is very difficult, but I'd rather be running at like super speed. Sorry. <laughs> was their plan to just win the next Olympics? Is that what this is? <laughs> that was really it. Yeah. Wait. So these guys are not quite Captain America, right? Like they're just a weaker version of Captain America. But Captain America is just a peak human. Yeah. So they're just a pretty good human. <laughs> 
they're above average. <laughs> are they like Captain America plus those extra powers too, though? Yeah, I don't. Those other people? I don't know. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, but I guess not because it's you said it's implied like she doesn't have super strength. So instead of getting the peakness, she got something else. Yeah, maybe. I guess we'll have to wait and see if they ever do anything. I mean, so. the Thunderer just got the inability to hold a note. We've got those uh, rings, though, which can be doubled in use in summoning Captain Planet. That's good. Do you think they have like an oath? Something to sort of bring them all together and they can say. Like a Green Lantern thing? Well, like, you know, in brightest peace, in darkest flight, no Nazi shall escape our sight. Let those who worship Hitler's might beware our powers. We're Captain America light. Did you make that up? Uh, yeah, it's totally original. That's not copyright infringement at all from Green Lantern. Yeah, no, no. It's <laughs> fine. Know, there's like um, 50 different lantern oaths, so whatever. That's true. So they make these rings and they can turn the powers on and off, right? And the whole point was to conserve the powers and everything. So to ration their use, they created ring devices to turn the powers on only when needed. Did they mean it was like more like a battery? And it's just like eventually the battery will run out. Yeah, I suppose that's what they mean. Because then if they had this amazing ring that can do that, couldn't they just figure out a way to keep the powers on? Look, Peter, this is clearly just a plot device. So like maybe just don't 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 go around questioning it so much. Oh, yeah. Instead, you should be questioning where the fuck they came up with all these names. Because we've got the Destroyer, a.k.a. Fancy Pants. Yeah, those are Fancy Pants. <laughs> they are striped. I love them. <laughs> and we got Miss America, a.k.a. the one with the hair, because everybody else has a hood, but not her. That's cool. Yeah, everybody else gets a mask, and she's just like... <laughs> How else will you know that she's a girl? She... <laughs> it's true. Then we got Thunderer, a.k.a. Love Child of Skeletor and Orko. <laughs> fucking mix of those jackasses. Uh, Black Marvel, a.k.a. Johnny Short Cape, because this cape only goes up to his ass. Yeah. And then the wizard, who is clearly old piss pants. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> he's got his little speed crest, you know, because he's got to yeah, cut through go the air. Yeah. Also, why is he yellow? Like, it's already the wizard. Did he need to be yellow? He was yellow. That's what he was. But yeah, like, it's, it's not good. It's, <laughs> He's the wizard. He's going to go take Where's a whiz. Where's the wizard? <laughs> yeah, we all get it. It's, it's not good. I love though that they're at the end. They're like, and they were the six American warriors. Oh, right. And one of them is British. So this is the Avengers. Like, I don't get it. Does Captain America not exist in Peter's timeline right now? Like, I guess people have heard of him. Do the Avengers not exist? No, nah, clearly the Avengers don't exist. I guess Iron Man exists because there was that episode with Iron Man. He's in California being cool. That's right. After dunking on the old superhero names, Peter gets more of the story from Mosley, who claims to know this stuff, having been the chauffeur slash sidekick of the Black Marvel. The six worked to counter German operations in the U.S., and in the process of kicking some kraut butt in a beer hall one night, they stumbled on the biggest Axis plan yet, a deadly weapon called Project Doomsday. Peter here's is going and making fun of all the fucking names. And rightly so. <laughs> Miss America? The Thunderer? With those names they expected to be taken seriously? Well, it was a different time then. The Wizard? For his speed. You know, 
Spider-Man isn't that great of a name either. I mean, it's succinct, but it's it's not like subtle, but it it's it's fine. Yeah, like, it does the it's, job. It's better than the wizard. No, you know that he's a whiz. <laughs> he's, that's what he's not. I'm the whiz. Nobody speed. beats him. Nobody beats him because he runs really fast. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted to call him the premature ejaculator, but it didn't fit on a T-shirt, which had only been invented recently. So they're like, "Fuck it, wizard." Which was also a side effect of the serum. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I can't believe the Black Marvel is Dan Lyons. I was what you might call a sidekick to the Black Marvel. His real identity was Dan Lyons. It is true, like it is accurate to the Golden Age hero, Black Marvel, but Yeah, don't yeah. read into his backstory. It's very problematic. Uh, um, I was gonna say that he also like he, don't read no, into no, it. He just he looks like the kind of person who would use old bean, but like mean it, you know? Yeah, like, that's true. As or, opposed sorry, to what? <laughs> Saying it joke jokingly? Uh, well, as opposed to um what's his name? Uh, uh Jason, Jason Mac- Philip Mackendale, who was using it just to cover up the fact that he wasn't actually fancy. Yeah, whereas mm. this guy legit is fancy. He looks fancy. I believe it. Yeah. Of course, old bean. Do you notice that in that flashback sequence where uh, Mosley is driving Dan Lyons around, he's wearing a hat with a shield badge on it? Hmm. I did not notice that. Foreshadowing? Probably not, actually. Driving Miss Dan Lyons. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. I do also take umbrage with the fact that they say, The six stumble onto the most devious plot the Axis powers ever hatched. Um, I don't... Mm, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> There's probably at least one other thing that I can think of that the Axis did that was worse than this. Cancel Taco Tuesdays? <laughs> yeah, let's say it's... Yeah, 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 let's say it's canceling Taco Tuesdays. I was just Tuesdays. like, oh, Jesus, man, come on. Don't do this. Well, instead of killing one group of people, it was going to kill a lot of people, I guess. Is that why it's more... I guess that's why it's more devious. But you don't actually know what it is going to be. They just call it Doomsday, but they don't tell you what it is. And they never... Yeah, they never tell you what it is. I think it's a nuclear bomb. I remember what it is, actually, so I don't want to say it. Oh, okay. Is it love? It's love, actually, yep. It's just you, an you orgasm it, device. Turns out the whole yeah, planet. It's, ah! a, it's like it's, you can't just steal the plot of orgasmo. <laughs> yes, I can. Jesus and I love you, Joe. Jesus and I love you, too, Lise. They keep sticking to these uh, Germans in beer halls thing, too, huh? I, I would want to meet at a place where I could just lean over and get my drink and then keep talking like it's efficiency. But wasn't that all wine? Well, if you had all of that, if if it wasn't wine pouring out of those things, it was just like yellow liquid because it was beer. I think the wizard would have something to say <laughs> about this that would have gotten pretty uncomfortable. So the Red Skull would make the perfect mascot for a match company, though. He looks like a match. He looks like a match. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wonder how much it costs for them to get those matchbooks uh, made. Kevin, you think we should get matchbooks ooh, made? I wonder if we could do that. What would we put on top of it? Like the RAC? Like our logo. The red skull? It's Kevin's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we can't do that. You'd have to get the Jigsaw Jameson ones, and that would look cool. Ooh, they would. Yeah. Jigsaw Jameson matchbooks. Should we do that? I, uh, Hit us up. I'm down. So Captain America here goes and finds this microfilm or whatever. And then I guess he already had the equipment to go and view it because he just goes towards the fucking American flagged projection <laughs> screen. But you don't have one of those? Just, 
<laughs> it's so it's so classic spy. Well, they actually look at that microfilm and uh, and I was half expecting them to just like turn it on. It's just gratuitous shots of various types of sausage. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, bratwurst could Why? be so sexual. Just like, 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 there's nothing about any weapons. It's just sausage. They just beat up a couple of regular Germans. One has like the mustard drizzle, like the mustard's about to They're drizzle. They're like spanking on the back of, of the mustard to make it go. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're treated to a flashback that presumably Mosley is still somehow narrating. An auto gyro takes off from a German sub outside of New York, and its mysterious pilot meets with some shadowy companions, reveals himself to be the Red Skull. However, his inspection of the Doomsday device is cut short when the six American warriors arrive. Captain America ends up pulling his foe into a vortex in order to stop him, sacrificing himself for the greater good. So the 40s were great in that like, there were five men standing on a roof, but they weren't necessarily shady because... Trench coats and fedoras were in fashion. That's a good point. If you were to see that now, you'd be like, what the fuck are they doing? I'd be like, they're definitely not superheroes. Yeah. I would be like, what are those guys doing in those Halloween costumes? Yeah. It's, that's I'd be point. like, those guys should be five air conditioning units. That's how you really hide from <laughs> prying eyes on a rooftop. That's how you do it. Uh, a quick Jigsaw Jameson here for you. Jigsaw Jameson is back. It seems like the Red Skull is flying an autogyro or gyrocopter, which kind of resembles a helicopter, but with like a forward propeller. Um, those don't have powered top rotors. They just spin freely, um, which gives them some lift. So they aren't actually capable of vertical liftoff or landings. So doesn't actually work. Cool. Big reveal. The man in the balaclava is Red Skull, and he turns around and immediately tells Herr Grotzik, I have reached phase one of Project Doomsday. Herr Dr. Grotzik, you are now of no further use to me. Dispose of him. He was like, I did a good job. Oh, I'm being fired. Okay. <laughs> and by fired, I mean fired out of a cannon like, into a wall. Yeah, I'm going to get shot behind that column, aren't I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so then we got an action scene coming in, and here's a shot of their action powers again. You get to Miss America, swings in, pushes someone. You get the wizard who runs really fast. You get the thunderer who can't hit a high C to save his life. And then we see Captain America doing his thing, and all I can focus on are Cap's stupid little wings on the top of his head. I don't love yeah. those, man. Yeah. It, it, like, they're so wimpy looking. It's just, ah, I don't love it. It's a little too Thor-like for me. Nah, Thors are way more majestic. But yeah. The they whole are. wing but... helmet thing is just, it's weird. It's out of style. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the 40s. What do you want? They thought it looked cool at the time. They were wrong. It's okay. It's like yeah. an onion on your belt. It was the style yeah. at the time. That's why pencils have erasers. <laughs> So then there's this like grappling session. Yeah, there is. That's taking like 20 fucking minutes. <laughs> Greco Roman. Yeah, it's that old school kind of just like we're holding each other's hands and holding each other back, but like trying not to kiss. <laughs> this transporter vortex thing is really vague, though. They leave it open and it's clear because it's going to be a plot device. That's why they're leaving it so vague. But like. It just seems to turn them into a beam of pure patriotism when they fall into it because they dissolve into like red, white and blue goo or whatever. 
Kevin, uh, it was clear that they were getting nullified. Hashtag reboot. Okay. Um, so um, this is this is not how it happened. Pretty sure the Red Skull had the Tesseract and it uh, transported him to Formir. Um, I don't know where they got this shit from. Yeah, whatever, fucking MCU cuck. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> I mean, what I love how they cap this little scene here by uh, cutting away to Peter in the actual moment because everything here has been flashback of flashback. It's Peter yeah. remembering someone remember something. And yeah. uh, but they cut to the present for just a second so Peter can make it all about himself. Captain America sacrificed himself so that the Doomsday device would never be used. Would I have the guts to make that kind of sacrifice? Pray that I never have to find out. They're like, I know that's what everybody does, but like, come on, man. <laughs> just just listen to the story. Yeah, like when I cut to Spider-Man, I'm like, oh, good, we're back. And then it's like, oh, no, we're not. What the fuck? What the fuck was the point of that? Yeah, just a cutaway to keep you on your toes, I guess. To be like, oh, is it done? No, it's not. It is not done. <laughs> and uh, with Cap gone as well as the threat, the five remaining warriors decided to keep it all a secret for some reason. They took the keys that unlocked the device and fucked off for a while. Eventually, they were ordered to disband, each going their separate ways. Black Marvel vowed to find a way to free Cap, and Mosley decided to help, getting his PhD and working with portal technology, eventually meeting Robbie. Peter realizes his parents located the identities of the warriors, and whoever finds them will get the keys, and therefore... The power of Project Doomsday. Doomsday! So after Cap disappears, the six American warriors, well, I guess five American warriors now, are just holding his shield. So Thunder goes, Now what do we do? We can't just keep this our little secret. Can't we? And then they're all like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you guys want to grab some lunch? There's a new burger place called McDonald's. It's supposed to be pretty good. Let's hop on Miss America's back and go get some burgers. <laughs> and then they all like high five. It's <laughs> just like sugar, doo 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 Oh, man. It's so stupid. Like, why can't you keep it a secret? Yeah. Can't like, we? Like, what? Or, and, and then and on the other side of it. Why do you have to keep it a secret? Like they beat this cell of Nazis. So they're in control of the of the doomsday device. They've got the time to fix things now. Like, why not look into it? Yeah, I don't know. In fact, that Groitzig guy is right over there. Oh, hi. Yeah. He probably fucking had a hand in building that machine. It's not even explained how he leaves. Destroyer is clearly the guy who wished he was in command. He sounds like he's almost happy that Cap's gone the way he's like, well, we could keep it a secret. I kind of got that vibe, too. Like, it's like, is this them seizing on the chance to bump off the most popular guy to try and get more merchandising rights for themselves? That's absolutely what they want. They want to sell action figures, costumes, whatever. I've seen the boys. Move over, Captain America. Every child in America will be <laughs> whizzing in their pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> the whizzing around the house they'll be whizzing around the house Kevin. you'll be whizzing everywhere with wizard oh my god so mosley goes and says after a lot of arguing they finally decided to like keep it a secret but it didn't seem like there was because it's just like can't we and then there's like yeah okay yeah Mosley also mentions that this power source was perpetual. The machine's advanced power source was perpetual. This story is perpetual. Get to the point, old man. <laughs> yeah. In this yep. house, we obey the laws of thermodynamics. <laughs> exactly. 
And then they all, so once they agree to keep their secret and disband, Black Marvel says he wants to study uh, how to save Cap, of course. And the Thunderer says, I'll never abandon Cap. I'm going to protect the site till my dying day. Two weeks later, he was arrested for vagrancy and, <laughs> and has spent the last 30 years in prison. Yeah, he's just lying there in a soiled costume like, all right, let's go. Just kicking him. Yeah, like, what the hell? Get off his dick already. Yeah. Fucking, I looked him up because this guy gets like two voice reads and then his copious screams. <laughs> And I'm like, this guy sucks. Like, what's he done? And I looked it up. One voice credit. This. Oh, <laughs> nice. no. Was it the sound guy again? They're like, I, oh, we just need I, some you know, he has zero credits on anything else. Did he win a contest? I, 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 had a, I, I think he lost. A con- we lost a contest. We lost. <laughs> it's also kind of weird, though. Like, they're sitting around this table when they decide they're going to disband and everything. And they've got Cap shield again. And we've been seeing this all episode. And it's red, white and black instead of red, white and blue. And like, I'm no expert on America, but pretty sure <laughs> that those are not his colors. Like, it, why is it black instead of blue? Especially when the Nazi flag was red, white, and black. Yep. Well, sir. Yep. <laughs> There's a deal of a pickle for you. <laughs> yeah. So it cut back to Mosley here, and he goes and finishes his story and puts Captain America's shield on a mantle. Yeah. He had it in the fucking closet before, wrapped in a cloth, and now he's just putting up a fucking display? Doesn't care anymore? What the fuck? Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't, like, push a whole bunch of shit over, like, move some papers, blow off dust, like, oh yeah, this fucking thing. And then Robbie's just like, yeah, and he became my professor, and he confided his story in me. You know, if there's one person who can be trusted to keep things quiet, it's a hungry young journalist desperate to make a name for himself in the world, working for a two-bit rag like the Daily Bugle. No temptation to uh, run with this life-altering story at all, right? Nope. Also, Mosley says he was a science teacher. Yeah. And then Robbie says that he was his professor. Didn't Robbie take journalism? Oh, Yeah. I don't think you take a lot of advanced portal physics in journal school. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Doesn't really hang together very well. Doesn't make any goddamn sense. At Crime Central, Kingpin is literally putting the squeeze to his goon squad to find the traitor who gave them over to the Red Skull. He isn't able to figure it out, so he continues to use his crew, revealing that the keys to the Doomsday device are six small statues of war gods. Using the box from Peter's parents, Landon scours every database he can find, and the Insidious Six head out to search for leads. So they cut to Kingpin squeezing the hell out of the scorpion, and then throwing him aside, yelling, this workout is over. <laughs> Basically, you think that he would have a better method of extracting information than hugging each of these villains individually. Yeah. Did they just line up for their hugs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when he like, he wrecks the scorpion here, he just like crushes him and then he throws him onto the ground and then just T-poses over the mangled corpse. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> How did he get him over there? Just like. Good job. Everyone come over for a hug. You first, Scorpion. <laughs> I hate yeah. you so much. <laughs> ah. At least he's showing recognition of the fact that, yeah, Scorpion was working for Silverman a week ago. Yeah, that actually gives the timeline yeah. some sort of consistency, I guess. Hey. 
You once worked for my arch enemy, Silvermane. Are you the traitor? No, I swear it ain't me. And then Landon's just over there hacking dog license registries. Oh, my God. <laughs> Landon goes and says, we've already infiltrated every database in the country, starting with the dog licensing, then insurance policies, and finally car sales. That dog licensing database was actually the toughest. <laughs> Keep that shit under lock and key. If these people have cars or even a dog, we'll find them. <laughs> it took all of my skills. <laughs> Imagine you got a fucking pug and then this shit blows <laughs> like your cover and the world is ruined because of it. <laughs> so Rhino is here asking the dumb question. Uh, and it's I mean, it's again, it's to make sure that the kids at home understand what's going on here. But it's ridiculous. <laughs> Six statues of six ancient gods of war. But uh, you said you wanted keys. These are keys. And then there's just an amazing bit of animation here in the background where Vulture's just rolling his eyes at the question. <laughs> it's so good. And even then, Kingpin's smoldering with well, anger. Amazing. Oh, it makes Kingpin go full Arthur Fist meme because they kind of <laughs> zoom in on just his hand and you can see him be like, ugh. <laughs> I, think, I think he's also like, he's mad, but then he's also like, you know what? Either Rhino is like, I can probably absolve Rhino from being the traitor here because he's too stupid to be the traitor. Unless maybe he is the traitor, but by accident mm. because he's a fucking idiot. Like he was in a bar in Moscow while they were there and like it's Rhino in a trench coat, with, like a hat on his horn or something. And just some like <laughs> in, like silver sables there wearing a fake mustache and he's just loudly explaining the plan to her. There's some sort of doomsday <laughs> device. I don't know. Yeah, we're here for a doomsday. I'm normally in Jersey. <laughs> Kingpin gives this Insidious Six a motivational speech and in it he says, Bring me the keys to our future ownership of the world our future ownership of the world and that feels very unkingpin like well you need henchmen you gotta have a person in uh, in charge of australia you got a person in charge of north america you know what i mean like regional governors it's not gonna work you need delegation that's how warlording works. Is Rhino just in charge of Jersey? <laughs> yeah, or Antarctica. Like, he gets one of the crappy ones. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely Antarctica. That's your continent, Rhino. Oh, I'm in charge of the penguins, away. In the comic book of Old Man Logan, the original one, the U.S. is divvied up amongst the supervillains, and Kingpin has a whole territory and everything. Yeah, I mean, that's just a standard way of doing things. Like, you pay tribute to the one above you. It's how the Romans did it. That turned out all right. I just want to say for everybody at home who actually cares, the six gods are Hachiman, Montu, Ares, Mars, Tyr, and Kali. Uh, because I definitely wanted to look that up as a, yeah, as a little tidbit of information. Some kind of Jigsaw Jameson? Oh man, to have my own Jigsaw Jameson moment. How dare you use that kind of language and description of me? But like they're, they're all gods of war in different cultures. Yeah, right? like uh, Montu is like a falcon-headed Egyptian god. I know that. Yeah, I, evidently, yep. Yeah. Uh, Hachiman is a Japanese god. Uh, Hachiman is a Digimon. Um, if you remember <laughs> last episode, Kevin mentioned that. Shut up, Digimon. <laughs> Ares and Mars are, of course, Greek and Roman, respectively. And uh, Tyr is Norse and Kali is Hindu. 
Awesome. It'd be even great if they tried to educate the kids and actually told told us that, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes an educated child. Speaking of children being educated, uh, <laughs> we cut over to a school where a young boy is getting his art critiqued by some washed up old guy. And suddenly the rhino bursts in, revealing that said old guy is really the wizard. And he shakes down the geezer for the key that he needs. So this fucking kid here... Correct me if I'm wrong. Is he voiced by Christopher Daniel Barnes, the voice of Peter Parker? Nothing you ever drew back in the 40s looked real. Like that goofy wizard character. Nobody ever took him for real. He's not, but he is played by somebody else in this episode, very interestingly. Omar Mosley. Bobby is played by David Hayter, who's also doing the voice of Captain America. Didn't really mention it because he only has like a real quick line here, but David Hayter uh, is best known as being the writer of the X-Men movies. Uh, He's the voice of Snake Mm -hmm. from the Metal Gear franchise. Mm. Uh, And he was previously on this show as Brace Huntington, the incredibly boring date of Felicia Hardy. Oh, yes. Fucking Brace. Brace. (laughs) With his leather gloves. (laughs) Oh, yeah. His his murder gloves. Just giving her flashbacks. He dodged a bullet there. I think we're great together. So what do you say, Felicia? Hmm? You weren't even listening. I'm sorry, Brace. And also, Canadian, therefore a treasure. He is a treasure, actually. David, he's amazing. Actually, we follow him on Twitter. He seems like a cool guy. Um, doesn't the Fantastic Four exist in this universe? He has made reference to it. So why is this weird that the thing exists and has arms bigger than his head? I'm pretty sure he's the thing is going to show up this season. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but like they might have recorded the dialogue and then and then they just drew something and they just figured it was the thing. But because it makes sense for the thing's hands to be bigger than his head. I guess they needed a reference joke because it's like, that's what's cool now when, like, the wizard was lame then. But also, isn't your, if your hand is bigger than your head, you have cancer or something? Uh, line it up, Peter. Let me check. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Keep your hand there. <laughs> oh, no. Ow. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I should also mention that um oh jeez. I should mention that the wizard aka Bob Frank is played here by Walker Edmondson who uh, has a five decade long career in TV, radio and film. He was actually on everything from like Gunsmoke to Gem the animated series. Um oh. and probably most interestingly for us, uh, he was the voice of Kingpin on Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Oh, Whoa. crazy. Yeah, kind of cool. Well, now he's the wizard, so. Man, this might be my favorite line or sequence of the entire series here. Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere, the rhino smashes through the wall and just screams. <laughs> I'm looking for the wizard. I'm looking for the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking wrecking ball just... <laughs> but the way he says wizard. Yeah. So I just wanted the guy to go and say uh down the hall to the left. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> I ran all the way from Jersey. And then what's actually happening though is this like Bob Frank guy is just slowly edging backwards out of the room, leaving his young boy alone with this fucking giant monster. He's a hero. <laughs> 
Yeah, what a hero, right? <laughs> Making that whiz in his pants. And then uh, I guess the rhino kind of follows it up with a very strange line. You got something I want, and you're gonna give it to me, or you ain't gonna live to see 100. I mean, most men don't. I just wanted Bobby to be like, see, Mr. Frank, his hands are bigger than his head. <laughs> now is not the time, you little fuck. <laughs> and then Mr. Frank just be like, I'm going to fucking kill that kid. I'll pay $20. I'll pay $20. Just run him over. And I'll say yeah. it's an accident. I don't even like it. Yeah, I'll give you the key if you smash his skull. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I fucking agree to this job? I hate kids. Yeah. I'm your daddy now. He just adopts him. <laughs> <laughs> Next scene, you see him wearing a small rhino suit. Aww. And then he jumps around like those rhino cub. <laughs> yeah, he's a little calf. Well, that's the cutest thing I've heard today. Well, meanwhile, Spider-Man is swinging his way through the city and nearly collides with a vulture as he pursues a flying granny. As he turns to give chase, Vulture catches his prey, stealing her purse and tossing her to her doom. Spidey makes the catch after a close call with a lack of web fluid and vows to Miss America that he'll get the key back. Oh, my fucking God. I think this scene is hilarious because it's <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it looks like Vulture's just stealing a purse like he's like, ah, give me that $20. <laughs> the worst part is she's it's an old lady, first of all. Second of all, she loses her powers and starts falling. Vulture grabs her. It's like, oh, good. He has the fucking common decency to go and grab her so she doesn't die. <laughs> Takes her purse. Then throws her back down. I'm like, he like, oh my he God. doesn't just let her go. He throws her down. Just, like yeah. he, held, he spikes that old bitch. Just dead ass. Like you're gone now. Like just no. I love it. It's so cold. <laughs> like what if it wasn't in her purse? What if it was like hidden somewhere and he was just like, oh yeah, I just killed the only person who knows where it is. Yeah. But you'd think there'd be at least some sort of like game respect game here from the vulture because like they both served in the same war. Yeah. That's fair. They did. But what did I say a couple episodes ago? There's no honor amongst thieves. It's true. Yeah, you probably coined that. Yeah, I coined I, it. I think I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Everybody probably. pay Peter. I mean, yeah, just in general. Not, not for that phrase. If you would. <laughs> That's such a like old lady move, though, to have the most important thing in the world be in your purse. Yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't a small dog in there, too. Yeah. And, you know, and the actual her actual birth certificate slash social insurance number. Slash <laughs> he just starts rifling through it. And it's just yeah. all this shit. It's like a small fucking dog spikes it like about 80 packs of Splenda stolen from a cafe spikes it. Like, just fuck no, all this shit. no, hard candy, no. <laughs> hard candy. That's all glued to the bottom into one oh, solid yeah. mass expired Werther's just yeah man Spidey though like he sees this shit and he can't believe it and I he's so incredulous I expect him to do that eye rub thing that you only do in cartoons did I just see the vulture chasing after an old woman who was flying and then Spider-Man mid-flight goes and he's like oh no out of web fluid not now one cartridge left gotta move Wow, I was in suspense for like a half a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Edge of my seat. Oh, my God. <laughs> we definitely haven't seen this a million times. Sh this, the episode was short, like uh, 30 milliseconds. And so you had to I, add that line. I guess yeah. just to make it so that he doesn't go after the vulture 
is really it. I mean, I think it would be catch the old lady that would still give him Vulture enough time to get away. Yeah, I had expect so as well. Um, I should mention that uh, they have a little conversation here and uh, Miss America, a.k.a. Madeline Joyce, is played here by Kathy Garver. And astute listeners may remember her from the Lizard King episode where she played Gila, the lizard lady. Oh, but she's also had a quite a long career, which started as a child actress. Accident. We're an accident. <laughs> Is that what she was out. saying about her superpowers? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They yeah. weren't an accident, though. <laughs> yeah, but the, she wasn't supposed to fly. That was not part of the plan. Yeah, well, happy we accident. are an accident. And then Spider-Man's just like, ah, fuck you. And just leaves the scene by walking. It's super anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. Takes okay. the bus. <laughs> just waves yeah. down a cab. She's like, oh, it's going to destroy the world. I'm getting on the bus. Peter heads back to Aunt May's for more webbing, where Keen Marlowe was doing a Zoom call with Nick Fury. He learns of the theft of the first two keys, but their talk is cut short when MJ, May, and Aunt Anna arrive home. He again asks May for the secret thing that she's hidden away. But unfortunately, they're soon joined by the Shocker and Scorpion, who demand the key from Marlo, and Spider-Man, who jumps in to fight. As Peter's web-slinging back, he goes and says, I could go home, but I've still got some spare web cartridges at Aunt May's. And I'm like, oh yeah, he doesn't live there, I guess. Like, we've only literally seen his new place once in the Prowl episode. Yeah, really, eh? Like, he's at Aunt May's (laughs) the rest of the time. Why do you even move out? Because he got married and it'd be weird. What are we talking about maids and all that shit? She's a cool aunt. She's got her own shit going on here. Mm-hmm. So Keen is talking to Fury via computer link, which I'm sure is blowing his mind because he's an old man. Sure. And Keen says, I thought by not revealing their identities, it might keep them out of harm's way. You were wrong. Keen, how many times do I have to explain this to you? The internet exists. It's not like there is just a phone book anymore. A phone book where you can look up numbers like your local pizza parlors that will deliver large, <laughs> delicious pepperoni pizzas to your doorstep, Keen. It is lunchtime. It is lunchtime, yeah. yes. Okay. We will we will talk after lunch. <laughs> and then Keen just like slams it closed like, ugh. Yeah. Marlo's getting chewed out so hard here. I'm just like, hmm. This old war dog has been a very bad boy. (laughs) Bad boy. Bad boy. (laughs) Fury just rolls up a newspaper in front of the screen. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. Then the grocery gang shows up, all pinch-faced and shitty. (laughs) And they're just like, hey, Marlo, how about you fuck off? (laughs) Yeah, Mage is like, oh, you're still here. Well, I guess you can join us for lunch. Uh, Mary Jane, you can leave. <laughs> uh, and then this like little lunch bullshit is interrupted pretty quickly. Marlo, now fuck over that key. Or the shocker here takes care of the ladies. Get back. Well, they just start fighting and May's place gets fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> they throw this fucking chair and it almost clips Aunt Anna. MJ just narrowly pulls her to safety. And she wants Spider-Man be like, Ah, nuts. Like, <laughs> uh, fucking MJ. <laughs> damn it. Ah, damn it. We're still not in sync. Yeah. I want a divorce. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so as Spider-Man continues to brawl here, uh, May finally relents and gives Marlowe the location of the hidden cache. There he finds one of the six keys and 
the costume of the Destroyer. Donning his suit, he joins Spider-Man for the fight, but just as they gain the upper hand, his powers begin to fail him, and the Scorpion gets the key. Having gotten what they came for, the villains hit the dusty trail as Destroyer powers down and passes out. Keen really presses Aunt May for the key to the secret stash, and it just kind of materializes. Like, was it in her bra? Like, yeah, what? has she kept it on her this whole time? Is it? Did she do the like bad grandma like behind your ear like a toonie trick? Like, here it is. It's it in was- her bra. And he's just she's just like if you had some proper foreplay, you would have found it ages ago. I was leading you right to it. <laughs> so he goes and finds it under the furnace, but it's not under the furnace because he opens a door and it's in a box in the floor. <laughs> well, it's like a safe on, in there, but yeah, there's literally nothing in the furnace. Is it made of cardboard? <laughs> like, how do they survive the winter? It's probably why they're selling the fucking house. The furnace doesn't it's, fucking work. It's a scam. It's probably why she accepted that Peter was always sick. Because there's no heating in the house. So she's like, oh, he got another chill. He's going to be out for a week. Yeah. The thing I dislike about this is that Spider-Man goes through the trouble of bringing the fight outside uh, to protect the bystanders. Like he lures uh, Scorpion and and Shocker outside. And then the bystanders just decide to go outside and gawk on the front porch like a couple of hicks. (laughs) Like, thanks. Thank you for that. I'm outside to protect my family. And then Aunt May gets like scorpion tailed, which is considerably less sexy than all the other times that supervillains have grabbed her. So I don't think she's really into it. This is not her first rodeo getting scorpion tailed, too. She's probably used to it by now. Yeah, that's true. It happened like two episodes ago. Are you covered for this? Is your deductible paid for? (laughs) Instead of getting her face melted off, though, uh, Destroyer just jumps in here. But what I've loved about the Destroyer here, which I didn't notice earlier, is that he has eyebrows drawn on his mask for some reason. He looks very surprised (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Yeah, there's eyebrows on the mask. Like, it's good to see where the priorities are. He's got like, these things have been threaded. They're nice. You know, they were talking about how hard it would be for Aunt May to sell the house. How about her fucking neighbors? Could you imagine living next to this? <laughs> no, she doesn't have any neighbors. It's a fucking crackdown on either side because it's like <laughs> lowest up. fucking rent, like whatever. Like they can't fucking give that place away. They actually have been waiting to make this condos and she's the only apartment that won't leave. <laughs> yeah. So no. They just keep coming every day like... Can we give you a million dollars? She's been holding out this whole time. It could have been the whole fucking uh, solution to their financial problems. But like, (laughs) she just just like, oh, no, I'm not going to go and give those bloodthirsty monsters like the satisfaction. Beginning of the movie up. Like, what what are you guys pitching here? Like, Aunt May just like flies away with Aunt Anna with a bunch of balloons. The end. That's how this series ends. Yes. Now, I don't know. I've never seen I've never seen that movie. So. It's pretty good. No, I know. I've seen it. While Spider-Man tends to the destroyer on the front lawn, May and Anna use these events as an excuse to fuck off back to Anna's place. Spider-Man and MJ bring Destroyer inside and discover his identity, prompting him to launch into his not especially relevant backstory. How he is friends with Uncle Ben in the 1930s and competing over a woman's love. Marlowe then got picked for a super soldier program and used it to get the edge on his lady and eventually marry her. 
So I guess Fury will get what he wanted because no one's going to buy this house. Well, no, but now they have the thing so they can buy it. No, that's a good point. But now it's too late because it's destroyed. (laughs) Yep. Aunt Anna here is just kind of like, you can't stay here. This place is a piece of crap compared to my house. You can't stay here. Look at this poor old house. You've got to come to my house now where you'll be safe. Now you too, Mary Jane. No. Wasn't that the whole plan anyway, though? She's lazing on so thick and like it's her reaction is so much more muted than you'd expect considering the house has been destroyed by acid and there's a superhero dying on the front lawn. <laughs> yeah. Anna is just like, nah, this place is a fixer-up. We should come hang at mine. I got a waterbed. Because those were big in the 90s. Like, <laughs> It's also interesting that this destroyer costume leaves so little to the imagination. Like, on one hand, yeah, this old fucker's real jacked. But on the other hand... With the stash that big, I feel like it would be the defining feature of the mask. Like, it would really give you away. Yeah, you would see it. Yeah, like, yeah. it would have been funny if when he takes off his mask and reveals that it's Keen underneath, MJ's like, you? Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, this ruins it for me. I think this whole thing kind of ruins it. Because, like, he starts launching into this backstory, which they don't really ask him to, but he does it anyway. And he starts talking about how, like, he and Uncle Ben came up together and they were about, like, 20 years old or so in the late 30s. Yeah, something like that. I was trying to do some, like, back of the napkin math here. It means that Uncle Ben was about 76 when he died. <laughs> and that. Why is that even funny? When, <laughs> well, and then Peter was born when Uncle Ben was, like, 60. So is Peter's dad 20 years younger than Uncle Ben? They never go into it, really. I don't know. The timeline is pretty sketchy. And I think it's one of those things like it, when it was written originally, it was a lot easier because, you know, everything like back in the day, everything was so much closer to the war. You know, a decade here or there between some siblings is nothing. Yeah. So the flashback shows the two men, Ben and Keen, exiting a movie theater and grab assing. Kevin, do you want to explain what they're doing? Well, Vero, when two men are in love. Yeah. (laughs) They like to make uh, their fingers in the shape of guns and then point them at each other and say bang. So I would call it some kind of a uh, finger bang, I guess. Yes. So they're finger banging each other. Yes. Nothing like seeing 20 year old men playing imaginary finger spies. Like, what were the 40s that quaint? Like, yeah, I guess was, they were. There was no phone to distract you. You could use your imagination. You know it's one of those things where they were like young and like shiny and new. And then like, <laughs> then a war came and just destroyed all that immediately. Yeah, age you in like one minute. Just <laughs> exactly. And they're like lying on the ground here in his flashback. And these three girls show up. One of these girls' hair is way too short for 1938. Like, she's probably a communist, right? Or a softball coach. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Well, almost all we thought about. Lenora Sharp was also on both our minds. Oh, we were both head over heels in love with her. We used to talk about her all the time when they did our back-to-back J.O.'s. Oh, come now, it was a different time. <laughs> Jesus I don't like this story. I don't like this story at all. Yeah, it's like, who fucking cares? You could have just said, yeah, Ben and I were in the service together. Done. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it goes on a lot. Like, we don't need this level of detail about Keen Marlowe. And then it, it really kind of makes you feel bad about Aunt May. Because they keep talking about how much they were both lusting after this other lady. Against orders, I told Honora she was enthralled. Ben couldn't compete with that. He was just a regular, decent guy. And then so I guess Uncle Ben goes starts going steady with old silver metal May Riley. Just this whole thing just paints Keen in such a terrible light. Like, he's an asshole. (laughs) Kind of is. The more I'm learning about this man, the more I'm like, yo, fuck this guy. What's with fucking old people in this episode? And and in general, like, you give them one inch and they're going to take a mile and tell you about the onion that they tied to their belt. It was a style at the time. I don't care. Now, the thing is that bothered me so much about this fucking scene is that I had no idea who Keen Marlowe was or who Uncle Ben was because one of them didn't have a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know what young Uncle Ben looks like. Apparently, he's the guy with the black hair. The the one who turns out to be Keen looks a lot like Peter. Yeah. Yeah, with the hair. Yeah, and he looks like Uncle Ben that we've always seen with the brown hair. No, Uncle Ben <laughs> yeah, they is the fucking hair color. greaser with the black hair and the cigarettes rolled in his T-shirt. <laughs> it's going to rumble with some sharks. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, right? Yeah, but uh, Marlo continues with his story here, and he explains how his waning powers caused strife with his wife. And one day, when he tried to foil a bank heist, it resulted in her being killed in a crossfire. Marlo gives up the costume, his ring, and the key to the doomsday device to Uncle Ben, who hid it away. All of this gives Peter a lot to think about as he recharges his webbing, including some second thoughts about the risks posed to his darling wife. So, continuing on from the last scene, about the goddamn lack of a mustache with young Keen Marlo and Uncle Ben, throughout his story, he loses it and gains it again. I mean... That's just what people do. That's fair. I've got one. But he has it in the tube. Oh, yeah. Then he comes out of the tube and then goes and tells Lenora about it like he shouldn't have. And then they're married and he has it again. That's a good point. Yeah, just keep the stash, man. It's distinguished. And like, there's no way he can grow it in 24 hours unless that's his super soldier serum. Uh, It was a side effect. Actually, the shot that they have here where Keen and his wife are arguing, it's supposed to be after the war and he's telling her supposedly that his powers are going to disappear. There's no actual dialogue. So it just looks like they're arguing about his mustache. <laughs> like, like you can't wear that horrible thing. <laughs> he's like, I like it. She's like, I'm leaving. Yeah, but the best part of it, though, is he has a file that is top secret just on the fucking coffee table. <laughs> he's like, oh, well, she's gone. Well, let's go and see what is in this file. She begged me to give up being a superhero, but I couldn't. I was hooked on the thrill of it. Even after the war, I continued to work in secret for the government. Leaving classified information on the table gave me the jollies. (laughs) What the fuck are you doing? You're the worst spy. Like, oh, let me just open this in broad daylight in front of a window. God damn it. So Marlo and his wife leave a movie theater and witness a bank robbery uh, by a bunch of men in pinstripe suits. I think they're mobsters. Mobsters. Monsters. <laughs> That's the joke you're going with. <laughs> I like it. All right. Yeah. She got fucking iced. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then he's like, how ironic. I'd become the destroyer, all right, the destroyer of lives. 
I just want to be like, <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm called the Destroyer. I guess I never actually told you that. <laughs> I think only Peter, who is dressed as Spider-Man yeah. at this point, knows that. Yeah, that's really yeah. the only one. He did yell it out loud at the villains, but all the ladies were still inside at that time. So I don't think she, MJ, right. ever heard that that's what he's called. Yeah, who knows? I think it's one of those things like, oh, well, the audience knows, so we're, we don't need to explain. And then they're explaining everything, so then they're like, fucking do this retcon here where like, oh, yeah, I was the one who told Uncle Ben about his uh, catchphrase. Ugh. Ben Parker was as devastated as I was. From that moment, we both knew that with great power, there must always come great responsibility. So that's how Uncle Ben learned that lesson. <laughs> yeah. Well, Peter, like, after he hears it, he's just like, well, what do you know? <laughs> well, yeah. what do you know? Uh, here's the thing that I'm mad about. Um, we have so many flashbacks of young Ben and Keen. We have no flashbacks of young May. I want to see that hot body walking around. Da, 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 da. Maybe she was one of those three. <laughs> maybe she was the one maybe, maybe she was the one with the hair. The one with the short hair? She's still a short <laughs> Not hair. That's short though. I Could don't know. Be. I just yeah, we were robbed of we were robbed of the opportunity to see a young spry May. I would have liked it better than what we got, to be honest. Even the way they kind of go towards the end of the scene here where MJ says What a sad life Mr. Marlowe has had. Actually he was kind of killing it. Up until the dead wife thing, like, yeah, he married a hottie, he had a good friend, he got superpowers, he became a secret agent. It's really just the one thing that went wrong. And it's probably worth the dead wife for that, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Yeah, because I, I think he still continued to live, like, a life of spy slash intelligence. Yeah, yeah. that's what he was doing when we, when we met him, he was so doing that. So that's still a sick life. Yeah, it's probably it's really not that bad. It's just one bad thing happened. Peter's parents are dead. Like they're sadder lives. But, you know, he is the destroyer, the destroyer of hearts and poons. Instead, like Peter's just learning the, 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 the thing that we all learn as men who are coming up in the world, which is just bottle up those feelings, buddy. <laughs> like no matter how sad you're feeling or like, you know, hard it gets, just bottle that shit right up. Push it deep down. Deep. Because he's just like, why do I still have to put on this costume? What is it, Tiger? What's the matter? I just want you to know, I love you, MJ. I'm just going to not think about it. Ah, oh well. <laughs> See ya, MJ. Then they're gone, I guess, because uh, the bow on this episode has Marlowe and Spider-Man headed up to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. On the way, Spidey asks his elder if he misses the hero life, and here's an answer. He wasn't sure he really wanted to. Um, this made me think of the scene in It's Always Sunny. Okay, what do I want more than anything else in this entire world? Yes. Crack. Oh. oh. <laughs> Spider-Man's like, oh, do you miss being a superhero? 100%. 100%. Like, you think he would have regrets because his wife died, but no. Yeah. Every waking second. <laughs> but the thing happened that we all assumed would happen. S.H.I.E.L.D. bought the fucking house. You're right. I'm sorry, listeners. Plot hole <laughs> well, closed. Well, actually, it just says that they're paying for the repairs. Plot hole it closed, is. It is closed, Kevin. Uh, but Put I, the end theme. Dun, dun. I, I like that he's you know seeking out this advice from somebody who's been there, done that. 
But Marlo is so enthusiastic about liking being a superhero better than anything else. Did you miss being a costumed crime fighter at all? Just between us costume cronies? I missed it more than I would miss the very air I breathe. I just expected it to be like, I'm telling you it's worth a hundred dead wives. A thousand yeah. dead wives. Just yeah. to do gymnastics well again. I'd give everything in the world. Like, I'd like it more than the air I breathe. Like... All right, let go of me. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, fuck Lenora. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck that bitch. It's kind of a depressing sentiment when you think about it because it's like, yeah, the life of a normie isn't worth living. <laughs> like, yeah, if you lose your powers. You're better off dead. Take it from me. An old shell of a man. Oh, well, <laughs> he's just like, whoop, jumps out the fucking window of the hover taxi. This makes me think of how, again, that Peter is just desperate for any father figure. So he's just <laughs> clinging to this drunk or I'm assuming drunk has been <laughs> asshole drunk. to be like, give me any kind of advice about being a superhero. Like, I've only had two pints of bitters. I'm fine. <laughs> bitters, man. His taste buds are just fucking singed. Again, the side effect of the superheroes, the super soldier serum. A small price to pay, man. They grind up ghost peppers and everything so they can actually taste something. <laughs> All right. Well, let's catch the next hover taxi out of here because that's it for this episode, which means it's time for some arbitrary spider ratings where we rank the episode using whatever idiotic metric we can come up with off the top of our heads. Kevin. I'm going to give this episode seven hours of old people talking out of an impossible 11. As much as it was another glut of exposition and backstory, it was actually kind of fun. It was interesting to learn what was going on. It filled in the holes, um, actually neatly covered some of the plot holes that we were pointing out and accelerated the pace of everything. It's not a great episode, but what I'm hoping is that this is the start of an uptick as we move into the second half of the story arc. All right, Vero? Uh, I give this episode six drawn on eyebrows out of nine nice you know what as a flashback heavy episode goes there was at least some action it was cool to see the old-timey superheroes and their fun costumes uh we get a memorable line out of the rhino um i just <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i think is gonna be a callback for years to come it reveals that like marlo's kind of an asshole and it's an interesting episode to look at the de-evolution of this guy. Like, you think he's kind of trying to save the world, and then you get to know him better, and you're like, no, fuck this guy. All right, fair enough. As for me, I'll give it five out of nine Thunderers. Ah! <laughs> 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 it was just another episode that was all set up. Not much really happened. Um, watching all the old-timey superheroes felt like I was watching the fucking Watchmen. Um, Ooh, nice. I mean, which wasn't bad. I enjoyed that movie. Don't at me. But who gives a shit? And the retcons and the liberties taken in Marlo's mustache. Can't really deal with that. Uh, and the fact that this isn't even the end of this storyline. Like, can we just get to the end already and get to the fucking secret wars where there's like six spider-mans on the screen at once no we can't <laughs> no 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 <laughs> shut up peter stop wishing this podcast away <laughs> you know uh it was a lot of build-up here 
but it was clearly worth it to see the wizard and friends. <laughs> so I still think it would have been better, though, if we actually saw them doing some cool stuff. Well, Kevin, I think you're about to get all the whizzing you can handle. He's supposed to have some big scoop. The moment all America has been waiting for. Today's issue of Bugle. Brock's big scoop. Eddie Brock's biggest scoop. Big news, too. That's unbelievable. Exactly how did you happen to get this? The six fight again. Five of the forgotten six reunite and team up with Spider-Man to stop the Kingpin from activating the Doomsday Weapon. But during the process of activating it, Captain America and Red Skull are back. Oh man, that's uh, that's some uh, big time shit right there. Oh Great. shit, Captain America, back. get the Avengers yeah. back together. Yeah, man, get some old people fighting other old people. That's what I want to see. That's what we're here for. Old people fighting arthritis, high blood pressure, and Nazis. Neo-Nazis. There you go. They were the greatest generation for a reason. All right. Thanks for being with us, loyal listeners. (laughs) If you like this episode, share it with your friends, your family, and your water sport-themed retro superheroes directly (laughs) or on the socials. Tag us in your spider pod talk, and you might even get some free swag. Or reach out, because we'd love to hear from you, like our pal Greg. Hi, Greg. If you love the show, you can also join our Patreon, cover your body in our weird merch from TeePublic, or rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Links for everything are on our website, RadioactiveSpiderPod.com. Now newly secured. <laughs> no longer stealing all of your information. <laughs> we'll be returning from a midnight auto gyro ride in two weeks with our next episode. Until then, this is Radioactive SpiderPod saying... I'm going to protect the site till my dying day. Uh, keep swinging. Where's the wizard? <laughs> ah, ah, tell him I love him. I'm afraid I can't do that. Officially. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Be seeing you, man. Leave me. Peace I love you. America, you got a bobsled team. You got one thunderer and one destroyer. The fastest of the fastest named of the wizard. (laughs) America, you know you can't believe. Sorry.